Yeah, hi everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Beyond Eight Figures. This is AJ, the journeyman entrepreneur with another Beyond Eight Figure episode for you. On the show, we talk with top entrepreneurs about the realities of building an eight-figure business, what success really means to them, and hear from them about some of their winning strategies and tactics. Tune in to each episode to learn how to grow your business beyond 10 million, and more importantly, create your own personal legacy. Hey everyone, welcome back for another episode. Today I have Sean C, the CEO and founder of SEO Hacker, which is this really cool agency that he's based in the Philippines, but also he's the host and founder of Leadership Stack, which is a really cool podcast where they kind of go into the skill sets of leaders of different companies around the world. Now, what I think is going to be really enjoyable is as someone who really is trying to learn from other entrepreneurs, I love how much that Sean is also doing the same thing with his podcast. But let's kind of get a little bit into some of the things Sean's going to talk about today that I think are really worth and really kind of cool, given his background and experience of growing SEF. So he talks a little bit about this cool concept around hiring. Now, we all talk about the KPIs and what success is going to be, but he has this little mental, you know, this question every time he has a role is, what winning is going to look like. Okay, that's pretty simple in this, but I do think it helps remove both oversimplification and overcomplexity of hiring when we get all these like, oh, they need to be able to do X, Y, Z, 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 blah, 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 blah. When in reality is we're just bringing in someone who's going to help us move what we're trying to do a little bit further down the road. And I like how he looks at that question and then combines it with the more technical aspects of developing his hiring process. So just a cool question. What does winning look like when we're hiring someone? I think it's also kind of neat because he talks later in the episode also about the value of developing his own leadership team and sort of the coaching and the programs that he offers them and sort of does it. Because between looking at when he's bringing someone in, what he hopes they develop into, and then providing them resources to become those types of people, he's really trying to create what he calls servants, people who are going to help the rest of the team on the mission. Because he believes, and I love this quote here, I'm just going to scroll down and look at that, that when you have people who are really wanting to serve, you're going to be a juggernaut, a powerhouse, and be unstoppable. Now, he talks about that near the end of the episode, but it is really cool to just think of servant-focused, servant-based leadership. I've heard this. I've heard it uh, reverse pyramid uh, leadership, where the leaders serve you know, the team. There's different phrasing and working on it. But I like how Sean talks about both ahead of time, looking into the opportunity of doing this, and building and hoping and realizing what it will take to bring someone there and then spends the time as people are building their capabilities within an organization, spending the time and the resources to help them become those leader servants, servant leaders, either way. Also, because Sean is talking with so many great leaders with his Leadership Stack podcast, and really great listen, I've listened to it more than a few times, I really love the questions he's asking. So one, go listen to his podcast. But then two is he talks about the need to be more deliberate in your entrepreneurial journey. Hmm, something I seem to really enjoy also. So this is kind of fun. And he talks about, you know, in trying to be more deliberate, it's about staying on track with the goals and building consistency in your life, but not letting, you know, the effort to try and have the perfect schedule, the perfect process, the perfect effort ruin just getting to be better. And that's kind of something that I think a lot of us do. You know, it's very simple. Don't let perfect get in the way of good. But it's something that I think we just have to keep repeating and keep bringing into process because it is so easy to say, well, this isn't going to work or this isn't going to work enough. Not work, but work enough. Well, Sean really kind of dives into that and his experiences of using this. So look, I really enjoyed talking to Sean. I think you're going to get some great advice from listening to him. He's going to talk about how he really reaches out to make sure he's involved with his family, his health, his spiritual life, you know, the need to kind of keep these things active. So let's go talk with Sean and uh, learn a little bit more about how we can progress 
on our own journey. Hey, Sean, thank you so much for staying up late and coming on the show today. Hey, AJ, thanks for having me. It's not so late for me. I'm a night owl, so it's okay. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I always love these where it's like, you know, we're on opposite sides. We're literally 12 hours apart. So it is this kind of fun where it's like, you know, it's not late. It's 9 p.m. your time, 9 a.m. my time. So it is fun. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, let's just chat, you know, yeah. because I am old enough where I remember that was very, very, very difficult to do. So yeah. I still find it fun to do this. It's a blessing. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I was just talking with the audience about your background and talking about, you know, how interesting the leadership stack, your SEO or, you know, everything you're doing. What I would love to kind of chat a little bit is where do you see yourself as an entrepreneur these days? Um, that's a very timely question because there's a lot of shift happening in my life right now. So one of the shifts is professionalization of SEO hacker. You see, when I started it 12 years ago, I had nothing but somewhere $70 in my pocket. Sorry, not even $70. Yeah. It's a lot less than that. I think it's like 30. Yeah, somewhere $30, 1,300 pesos, somewhere $30 to start. And all I had was this blog yeah. and I said, well, no one's reading, no one's subscribing. How do I increase my readers? Stumbled upon SEO, figured maybe some companies need this and dabbled into a little freelancing here and there. Company grew, we're now 50 people. And now I'm at that point where I realize I want to spend more time with my wife, with my kids, and professionalizing SEO Hacker is a very attractive option for me. There's a lot of traditional, quote-unquote, traditional Chinese or Filipino-Chinese business people here where they're going to live and die with their business, right? I mean, they're going to be like hands-on. Blood, sweat, and tears. There you go. Hands-on CEO all the way till the end. My father-in-law is like that. And an amazing man, excellent entrepreneur, built a huge business. That's his vision. I mean, that's what he loves doing. That's what gets him up in the morning. Not me. They're entrepreneurs like me who want to build a business. They're not so attached to it. Don't get me wrong. I am attached to my business. It's like, you know, a lot of people say it's like your baby. I do feel that way, but I also know that life is, shouldn't revolve around work and business. Yeah, I would rather revolve it around my wife, my family. So in the journey to professionalizing, I have to hire people who I just got to trust them, right? Hiring a COO, this, a CTO and in an accountant or a finance controller. It's a little bit scary opening your books and everything to them. It's a little bit scary, to be honest, right? It's the first time I'm doing this. Yes. This is the first year we're doing this, but that is the vision. And if that's the vision, that's where we're going. These are the things I have to do. So as an entrepreneur right now, I am on the road to letting go bit by bit. That's the honest place I am in right now. Now, I mean, that is such a crazy transition, having gone through it myself, you know, where it's like all of a sudden you're like, oh, just more of my own time isn't going to fix things. And then obviously realizing, oh, I don't have other time than the company and doing it. So maybe let's step back and talk about how you were defining, how did you go about and define who are these people to build the system, to systematize the business? Did you have goals ahead of time? Did you use a system? You know, let's maybe play around in there because that's a lot of difficulty having gone through it myself. <laughs> and a lot of, I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. let's kind of, you know, what did you define would be really good? And then how did you figure out who, what, and when yep. for that? Very good question. So I guess it always would start as a founder and CEO, so not all CEOs are founders, but I'm a founder CEO. Yeah. I start quitting jobs, right? So I started quitting being the janitor. I started quitting being the that. accountant. I started quitting being the lawyer. I started quitting being the developer, the programmer. I started quitting being the designer. I quit a lot of jobs slowly as soon as I find the right people. And during the early days, I had no KPIs. Dude, I had no job descriptions. It was just a ragtag, crazy, chaotic place to work in. That's the honest truth. That's where I was. I didn't graduate business. I graduated IT and I failed 28 units. Yeah. My school wanted to kick me out. So I wasn't a very good student either. 
So I was just making this hodgepodge thing of stuff work together. That's where I was, right? I'm not going to tell you I, I had I had it all together. Show on, yep. And then I realized as I had a little bit more time to work on the business, work on the business instead of in the business, I needed to start writing job descriptions, right? You realize that I'm seven, eight years in the business when I started doing that. It's crazy, but that's the honest truth. Yeah. And so I write job descriptions of people who I'm already hiring and jobs I already quit, like the HR position, the web developer position, the writing position, the editor position. Easy for me to write those job descriptions. But the job descriptions mm -hmm. that I haven't quit yet, that's a little bit challenging, right? So I wanted a COO. What's it going to look like? He will have to start or she will have to start from the project management position and then the operations manager and then the VP for operations and then the COO. So like having that kind of transition, putting it on pen and paper, that helps me out a lot. But writing KPIs and key expectations and what winning looks like for these jobs that I have that I'm still doing. That's actually, for me, it was very difficult during that time. Makes it a lot easier if you go online and try to search for what the job descriptions of CEO or operations managers of similar industries as yours, but only you as the CEO founder can really say, like, what do I really want these people to hit? Like, if they hit this, they hit their KPI, I'm going to give them a bonus of, you know, like $20,000, something like that at the end of the year. Yeah. So. Being able to write that is key. That is key. You cannot hire for C-level executives if you don't have a clear-cut job description with clear key performance indicators that if they hit, they get a bonus. If they don't hit, you got to shake hands and part ways, right? And this is the last point. Aside from the KPIs, you got to clearly state there what winning looks like. So there's a difference. With KPIs, you say, you got to make sure that we're plus minus one manpower for every department. Or for negative two seats or headcount for the project managers, we're in trouble. You're not hitting your KPI. That's KPI. With what winning looks like, it would usually say, at least in my job descriptions, what winning looks like is everyone doesn't feel burdened and burnt out. And everyone's happy with what they're doing. You're winning when that's the morale of the team, right? So. There's a little bit difference there. Uh, I hope that helps out. That is a really great thing. And that is a process that I think really would gain great results. What I kind of, and really, really do love the idea where you said they have to kind of come in, not earlier, that wasn't the phrasing used, but, and not junior, but like they have to take on sort of the lower roles to then build up the higher. That is a cool thing because. I do deal a lot with helping other entrepreneurs find like building marketing teams or bringing on other senior people. And so often they just want to hand it over and like, no, it doesn't work that way. You know, one out of 10, most of the time you kind of have to let them spend time not being critical to understand what's going on. So I love that approach. But what I'm curious is defining those roles, what I found and I find for many, it's very difficult to get started. You see, you can go, oh yeah, what's a CEO role? And you can Google it and da, 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 da. Tying it up because I know from my experience, it was when was something HR, when was something sort of operations, when, yeah, it was like, I was just doing what needed to be done. So I'd be curious, especially around the senior roles, how did you start moving on defining what would come under that? person you know where did you start figuring out and you know as you built it did you start just scratch did you research it did you find it you know how did you come about what those roles were going to be because it sounds really easy in hindsight but sometimes it's not quite easy to get started <laughs> there yeah <laughs> well for sure and aj love your questions by the way with seo hacker and it's Unfortunate, because I couldn't direct you to a link where I could just say, hey, check out this link to see my C-level executive job descriptions, because I don't post that online. No, of course not. I yeah. do post all of my other job descriptions, like writers, editors, you can find it in, um, in our website. But for C-level executives, I don't post it online. I just send it to people who I think are qualified. Yeah. So how I started, and 
you have to also understand those listening here. I do believe one of my blessings as a gift, you know, giftings or talents that I got from God. I'm a born again Christian. I believe in God. I believe one of the gifts I got from God is the skill of writing. Hey, I started out as a writer and that's how I found out about SEO. So it's not very difficult for me to put words and turn them into something finished, such as a good, complete job description. One of the ways where I would gather information about what a certain position should be doing is to ask ask around. Believe it or not, that works, right? So I call up another entrepreneur friend who is a B, you know ahead of me, and I ask them, hey, what does your CIO do? What's the main KPIs of your COO? Can you give me a short sneak peek at that? If you don't mind, if you do mind, then just tell me. Tell me some stuff that you I love that part. That That's cool. you know, you're not an NDA. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're not under NDA with, and and you could divulge to me. And I want to learn from you. You know, be humble enough to want to learn from these people. And often, often enough, if you're a good person in their book and they know you're going to return the favor, maybe someday they would tell you everything. Right. Mm-hmm. So far, my experience, every person I asked told me a lot of things about these positions in their company. And that gave me a lot of ideas. Again, I'm using the word ideas because I have to now apply that in my company. Like some of these people are CEO of construction companies it has nothing to do with SEO services like what we do. So yeah. I just get ideas from them. And so, for example, with COO, it's all about the operations. You got to operate smoothly. You got to have enough manpower there that is going to serve X amount of clients. And that's going to be the dance that the operations manager has to learn. We cannot be overmanned and we can't, we cannot be undermanned either. They have to take care of the operation. So utilization, there you go. These things you already know innately as an entrepreneur, oftentimes it's just hard for you to put pen and paper because sometimes you don't want to quit these jobs because you're good at them and you love them. That's the real reason why. But asking other entrepreneur friends can help give that clarity to you, especially if, like me, you want to quit running the show someday, maybe five, 10 years down the road. Yeah. Well, I don't want to keep pushing, you know, I feel like I'm kind of doing seven questions with you. But okay, so these other entrepreneurs, are these masterminds? Are these business community, networking, friends and family? You know, where did these... A lot of them, you'd be surprised. They're just friends. Like, yeah, I just called them up and like, I have that friend in construction. Well, how'd you become friends? Okay. Are they people you, you knew? Good question. So there's, there's this one guy, his name's Isaac, and he's now the godfather of my youngest, uh, my youngest kid. And we met way back. He was still trying to start up his software as a service company. Mm-hmm. And it's a site, it's a website security, uh, software as a service. Cool hot space right now. Exactly. He knew nothing about digital marketing. He knew a little bit about payment gateways, but I opened up a world to him on digital marketing and told him, this is how you have to do it. Otherwise, you're not going to have that engine of growth. You're not going to have that, those subscriber hits. Not You're not going to have that MRR or monthly recurring revenue that you need. So I taught him a lot, didn't charge him anything. And I said, if you need more help, just hit me up. Years passed, he sold that company, good money. He started up in construction because his father-in-law got married, is is a big uh, construction mogul. And they had a joint venture and he hired accountants, he hired operations managers, and he was learning all these things. And we had um, cigar and whiskey one time. He was talking with me about it. I'm like, I need to learn. I love those conversations. Yeah, there you go, right? <laughs> cigar and whiskey, love it. <laughs> and... I told him, I need to learn that. Can, can you give me an R after, you know, after tonight? Can you give me an R of your time? Just tell me, run by me how you do this. Like, how do you hire an accountant and trust your entire finances to your accountant? Yeah. Are you comfortable with that accountant knowing how much you get out of the business for yourself, for your own spending? So all of these questions I threw at him in that one R that he agreed to teach me. And he answered everything. And I was so enlightened. I went home, talked with my Exicom, and we implemented the things we could. And I became more transparent. I, my heart felt lighter in implementing these things. I became more confident, definitely, because now I have someone who is willing to teach me even beyond that one R, actually. So it's funny. It's just a friend. I did invest value before, 
It doesn't have to be that way. I yeah. had mentors where I didn't invest any value and they still helped me out. Yeah, it, I think sometimes you think it's going to be the immediate people you know, but a lot of the best advice I've gotten have been the people who my immediate network know. Yeah. So, you know, I'll go to someone like, oh, I don't know, uh, what the, uh, you know, I'm in the middle of trying to acquire a company right now. And I keep, I'm like, what the, and like a friend of mine put me in touch with someone. And it was like that person they put me in touch with is sort of my like go-to person now. And it's like, I don't know if I could survive, I do this type of deal or hopefully continue doing this deal. We're still in the middle of it. So, you know, it is so funny how building that network, you don't know who or why or what's going to give you the value, but it's there for you. You know, it's so important. Yeah. All right. I like that. Sorry. I, I just wanted to dive down because I do think in hindsight, building these profiles of like the people who can help you seem straightforward. And I think so often when we look like, how do I do this? What, are, you know, when is it? It's done sort of like from the fate complete whatever from it being done all the way down versus when most entrepreneurs are like i just know i need help yeah so then talking to other entrepreneurs and realizing okay these are the situations these are the opportunities i like you know that approach of how you took to kind of then build up like let me get rid of this let's get these people to start in the weeds before t you know just telling me you know here we need to do get in the weeds so they can see my, that's a wonderful approach and logical. It's just, oh, okay. Yeah, that's a great way to do that. You know, because just by describing that approach and talking about your network and stuff, you know, you're indicating also a pretty sophisticated approach to being an entrepreneur. You know, you're not doing the, um, what I always call the uh, two sticks and a prayer or throw the pasta against the wall. You know, you're way past that. You're building it. You know, you're getting to this layer now. What are you doing to help you personally be a better entrepreneur? Right. There are so many things that I would honestly tell you, I don't do a lot of them consistently enough because there's just so many things that you can do. There's infinite. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So... <laughs> So I don't do this every day. I don't do these things every day. I have to give you guys that disclaimer. Like I don't live an extremely routine life. I'm not that kind of person. I'm not that kind of entrepreneur. I know there are others who are, who are like that. Yeah. And I'm happy for them. God I bless think them. That is an, yeah. <laughs> I think that is an excellent way to live. Yeah. I just cannot. I'm not that consistent. And I'm, I'm not that disciplined. But you would find me at least every week doing these things two to three times a week. I'd listen to podcasts often when I'm taking a shower, when I'm driving, oh. or when I'm exercising. Mm -hmm. What exercise do I do? I have a bike that's connected to the internet. And depends on what road I'm biking in online, it hardens and it inclines or declines. Zift? Zwift. Are you do is it there zift? You go. Yeah. Swish. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been looking at, because my wife loves the Peloton, and we have a Peloton app, and we have a swim, but I'm in there like, you, go. you know, it's also compatible with, uh, you know, this other one, Swift, where you actually get to ride, yes. you know. <laughs> I love that Okay, app. cool. Sorry to interrupt that. No yeah, worries. Okay. So last night, I burned a thousand calories on Swift, two hours, and I, I was watching a movie with my wife. So sometimes I would walk outside. Sometimes I would go boxing. So, I, so when I'm boxing, mm -hmm. I can't listen to podcasts. Otherwise, I am listening to podcasts. Yeah. What podcasts do I listen to? I listen to largely John Maxwell podcasts. I'm a John Maxwell certified speaker and coach and Patrick Lencioni's podcast because I run a team and his podcast is excellent with running teams. I also read books. So I'm almost done with John Maxwell's Developing the Leader Within You 2.0. I do have the book right here. Love it. Okay. Um, I do recommend you guys read it if you can get a copy. And it's so easy to get a copy of it. Almost done. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. I almost tabbed out. I was like, oh, and I'm like, wait, we're in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Here, let me. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing is also, it's a yellow book. It's in uh, my office desk. I love that book. Not yet done at all. But so I read at least twice a week. So I exercise, I read, I listen to podcasts. I read the Bible every day. That one I do every day. So that's something I do consistently every day. One chapter a day because of Joshua 1.8. Joshua 1.8 says, don't let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. And then 
the yeah. end of the verse says, so that you will be prosperous and successful. And I'm like, I'd give an arm and leg to be a, you know, to be prosperous and successful. So started reading every day since I was 13 years old and I finished the Bible 14 times now. And so I could tell you that holds true. You know, I'm not telling you that, you know, prosperous, successful, yeah. like you're going to be that, you know, the next day or the next week. I was kicked out of my house. I knew what getting hungry is. I was super thin before. Yeah. And, but now, you know, looking back, I could say that verse holds true, right? So that's something that I do every day. Another thing that I do consistently is I learn new things. So right now I'm enrolled okay. in our, the University of the Philippines data privacy certification course. My exam is actually this Friday. Right? Okay, so cool. yeah. continue to learn new things, continue to reinvent yourself. I journal. I journal this afternoon. It's a leather notebook. I keep a leather notebook and then I write in my blog once a week. That one, I try my best to write once a week. So I'm happy I was able to write this week. Okay. But last week, I missed that. So I had a gap last week. What do I write about? Same stuff. I'm, I talk in the podcast, leadership, entrepreneurship, management. So these things you would find me doing to keep myself on the edge. So it sounds like there are things you do to, one, release the stress in sort of your life, but then also to build a consistency. And that's really interesting because I know, you know, I jokingly say, you know, I got forced to sell my company last time because I burned out. I focused so much on our growth. I did this and I had no consistency except for the work. And you're talking about physical, emotional, spiritual, and, you know, you have these consistencies of what you were doing on the different layers you needed to run a business. It's not just like taking care of yourself. It's not just like doing your job right. I was about to say getting a good grade at work. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, I have teenagers, so I've been dealing with high school stuff all week. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it sounds very much like this kind of consistency has helped you be more present in this work for you, being more deliberate. Well, I would say life is, so there's from, this is from the, the book, The One Thing, which I just mentioned. Yeah. It says there, nothing great in your life is achieved by staying in the middle. And what, what the book means by staying in the middle is work-life balance, right? Work-life, 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 work-life. That's how it's like. And it's, it's balance all throughout. There's nothing great that's going to come out of that. What great things would come out of, the book argues, work-life counterbalance. So you go to extremes, extreme work. And then you counterbalance with vacation or you counterbalance with something that helps you wind down and then extreme work, right? So that's how my life looks like. And the counterbalances, I would say, would be those things that I mentioned, like exercise, reading God's word, meditating. I do meditate. So that's something I missed uh, sharing earlier. 40 gigahertz brainwaves, oh. right? So it's on Spotify. Oh, you use brainwaves? Yeah, I use brainwaves. Brainwaves? Oh, okay. Brainwaves FM or something? Just Spotify. That's it. Okay, Spotify brainwaves. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. there's a company called brainwaves.fm that I used to advise. So it's like, wait. <laughs> no, no. Sorry. I'm sure they're fantastic. But for me, as long as you're getting the brainwaves in your ears, that's it. Yeah. So when I write, I use better waves. When I meditate, I use gamma waves. And when I wind down and want to sleep, I use theta or alpha. Okay. So I'm not saying this is magic, but it does help me out. I mean, I find that I have more clarity when There's I write. Some great studies on that. Yeah. There you go. So that's something that I also do. And these things help me to counterbalance because life cannot be all work. Like what happened with you, AJ, you burned out. Yeah. Burning out is something that we all do not like. No one will come here to your show and say, I like being burned out. No, because it sucks. When you're burned out, the feeling oh. sucks. Everything in life sucks when you're burned out, right? So you need those counterbalances. And it's usually keeping yourself, your being, not just your physical self, but your being, your spiritual, your emotional self, family, keeping these things in check. Work is a rubber ball. When you're juggling work, usually when you drop it, it just bounces back up. But family, health, your spiritual life, these are glass balls. When you drop one of them, they're broken. Yeah. It's hard to put them back together. No, I mean, I fully agree because it's sort of like, in my experience, 
it was af not even after the fact. It was a significant amount of time of withdrawing from that balance or attempt or sort of merging, you know, spheres of my life and doing the things that then all of a sudden the impact. I knew I wasn't sleeping well. I knew I was drinking too much. I knew I was, you know, not getting exercise. But that was you know, I was like, I can do this. You know, I'd done it before. And then all of a sudden it hit and it hit at, you know, as everything in life usually happens. It's like if one, you know, it's, oh, this probe goes wrong. Oh, this also goes wrong. You know, because you run around, you know, you lose the ability to keep all the plates up in the air. So yeah, I like that consistency and that you dedicate to it. Yeah. I mean, I've had guests and I know people who like, I had one guest who talks about his two and a half hours every day evaluating what he did at the end of the day and how it lines with his 10-year journey and da 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 And I'm like, whoa. I mean, he's killing it. Um, Trent, uh, Drew Riley of Trends.vc, and it's a great community and their research reports are amazing. But it's just like, all right, dude, do you have kids? <laughs> <laughs> are you in a relationship? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just want to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If he has kids, it's gone. 2.5 hours, that's going to be 2.5 yeah. hours. <laughs> <laughs> 2.5 seconds. <laughs> but yeah, it's this, you know, it is trying to find the consistency. And it is, we can't have work life balance is a joke. It's like, you know, um, I had um, a great coach years ago who just said, fuck, you know, he would just be like, fuck work life balance. Mm. Just do the things you want to do. And, yeah. you know, then make sure you're doing things that allow you to continue doing it, which it took me to actually, after the fact, I was like, oh, I thought he was talking about the business and all this. It's like, no, you know, just like if you want to do something, you have to make sure you have the profits. If you want to grow, you have to have the income to do it. You have to have the physical stamina. You have to have the mental focus. You have to have, you know, there are all these resources you need as an entrepreneur to achieve things. And then you get to, you know, live a life that you dictate. Yeah. You know, you get to create it if you balance your resources as you talk about. That's yeah. I, that's really great that you've been able to do that. What is success going to look like for you as the entrepreneur? You know, you start off by talking about this transition phase now that you're looking to build the system and kind of step out of the day-to-day and work more on the business versus being in it. So where, you know, is that your definition of success or is it something like the beginning of your success? Right. So success is defined differently by different people. It's relative. Some, yeah. For some, it's billion dollars. Yeah. For some, like me, it's freedom of time yes. and being able to prioritize what I want, not what I should as dictated by the world or my clients, but mm-hmm. prioritize what I want, what I think is important. And right now, the vision, at least a five-year vision, AJ, is, is um, to be able to go on a vacation trip with my wife, like one week or two weeks maybe in, in Israel. We, we oh, always cool. wanted to go to the Holy Land, and we've never been able to do that. So being able to do that without feeling guilty that we left our people, that is the goal, mm-hmm. right? So for me, success is more of being able to do the things that I want when I want. Right, so I don't own any sports cars. I'm not someone who has excessive buying habits, purchasing habits. Mm-hmm. I actually feel guilty when I spend too much on something. So I like buying assets like uh, real estate, stocks. Yeah, I've seen a lot of your conversations about that. There you yeah. go. Businesses. I buy a portion of different businesses right now. I don't, I don't like buying the business because I need to run and manage it. Um, and I'm already hands full with, with SEO hacker. And again, the vision is to detach myself, right? From the work itself. Um, but don't get me wrong. I'm a millennial. I'm 34 years old. I'm not the type of millennial who will say, I want to retire by 40 so I can go on an unlimited amount of vacation. I don't think I will ever retire that time. Yeah. I I don't think I would ever retire. I would write until I die. And I do believe that I will keep on serving God in ministry until I die. So I still speak in our church organizations events. I help out. I help with the programs. I, I've been serving since I was a youth. Yeah. And I do believe that God has seen these things and my rewards are in heaven. But 
I can honestly tell you guys now, I have experienced so many good things already here on earth because of these things that I've done. I believe that God has seen that. And I don't think I'm going to stop doing that. I'm not telling you that I want to be able to do things when I want, what I want, because I'm going to retire and go on an unlimited, you know, sailing trip somewhere. I'm not, I don't think I'm going to do that. I think I'm still going to work. It's just that it's going to be more of giving work, like ministry and writing books. Yeah, it's, you know, as you talk about that, what I've realized, you know, from my own journey and from talking to other entrepreneurs, you know, we want that freedom, but I think, you know, and sort of as the boss, you could go, but, you know, the way you were sort of referencing, it's like where it doesn't impact. So it's like, oh, you know, I know like when I went, you know, this is 10 plus years ago, I went for two weeks for an anniversary with my wife through Thailand because that's her favorite place. She had backpacked yeah. um, when she had been a student. I was on the phone, you know, <laughs> long distance, right before VoIP was any good, <laughs> you know, I, every day. And I was working an hour or two a day, which, one, lessened the impact of that vacation. Yeah. And then two, you know, added stress to my team and, you know, the people I left behind. So I like that, you know, you're you're not defining it like it must be this, but it's like this. So it doesn't impact the people. It's like, yeah, it has to be organized. They can't be just waiting for you. So you've, you know, in a sense, you've defined something that has a whole lot of underlying requirements without discussing the requirements. Yeah. I always find that cool. It's like, yeah, I want to do this. And then you realize, okay, it has to have this, it has to have this, it has to have this, it has to yeah. have this to get here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's definitely the plan. So um, with the KPIs, we also, one, one thing that, one key thing that I wasn't able to share earlier is yeah. the story of how my operations manager came to the team. So I hired someone who's not with me anymore, operations manager big salary. Yeah. I poured my knowledge into this guy for seven months, put a lot of effort into it, paid a, a big boatload of salary to him. He was 14 years working in IBM, which I thought was great. Like that showed loyalty, that showed good tenure. Yeah. But seven months in, AJ, there was nothing to show for it, right? Nothing to show for it. If there was, it would be very little, negligible. I couldn't feel it. My Exacom wasn't happy. They kept on asking me, well, what is this guy doing? What's this guy doing? They kept on asking because I hired the guy and I couldn't defend that person properly. So I was also not feeling good about this. Things happened. He had to resign. I knelt down and prayed, Lord, what now? Like I hired this guy hoping that mm-hmm. he would run the show like five years from now. And that night I dreamt of a classmate that I had last spoken to in high school when we graduated. That's it. He was our valedictorian, but after that, he was a ghost. We couldn't find him. We couldn't reach him. Turns out he worked for an international company. He was going around the world. No Facebook. I don't know why, but he had no Facebook. So I couldn't find him. (laughs) And all I knew when I woke up from that dream was, I got to get a hold of this guy. So I scoured my friends for his number. I found four, only one worked. I called him up. Hey, David, um, how's it going? We did small talk and he said, well, if you're ever looking for another job, I'm hiring for operations manager. He said, okay, I'm still happy where I am, but thank you for hitting me up. I'll keep in mind. Months passed. One day he calls me and says, is that opening still there? And I said, yeah, yeah, for sure. And he says, can I drop by your office? And this during the pandemic. So I was so sh- shocked and surprised that he wanted to come by and also quite impressed. I'm like, yeah, dude, come over. So he comes over, we talk, we close the deal. He started July 1. It has been amazing. Like my Exacom has not stopped saying how great this guy has been performing. He also graduated University of the Philippines, magna cum laude in chemical engineering. Nice. Hey, chemistry. Yeah, like magna cum laude, right? Who does that, right? This guy's like, I'm mind blown with this guy. So he's he's, he's who I'm looking at right now to lead SEO hacker five years down the road okay, and cool. keeping him close to me I, I keep telling him look at how i do things look at how i decide look at my authority and try to get what you can and do it your own way because you're never going to be like me. so i'm setting expectations already you're never going to be like me. i'm never going to be like you. you got strengths i don't have i got strengths you don't have yeah. so try you to be able yeah, yeah you got to do this your way dude and so what's my point in sharing that story with you 
sometimes, sometimes you, you, you do your best in hiring people. Because I know you guys listening here, you're like, well, where do I find the right person? I tried finding the right person. I hired what I, who I thought was the right person, right? But turns out it was really, <laughs> yeah. a really bad decision. My end. I'm still, still haunted by that decision. And sometimes it takes faith, right? At the end of the day, sometimes it does take faith. I prayed for this guy. Honestly, it's awkward when people ask me how I found him. I said, I dreamt of him. <laughs> like, like, who does that? Like, guy dreaming of another guy, right? <laughs> I haven't met for, for yeah, more than a Yeah, there's a joke there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you're whiskey, with whiskey and cigars, it's a joke. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, sometimes it takes faith. You got to pray. You got to kneel down. And you got to ask God to, to send you the right people. That's what happened in my case. And I think that it might be what would be the best case for you as well. Very cool. Well, you know, in all the different things and this ongoing journey to kind of create this, not just company, but also the leadership stack and all of this, is there, you know, you talked about your success being, you know, the ability to not impact people, to have this organization yet. Your success is going to be when this organization is running but doesn't exist without you. So you're, you know, you're there, you're still adding into value and creating. What's the, I don't want to use the term rockstar, but like, what's the BHAG yeah. here for you? And so I assume that all of the people listening in knows what BHAG is, the big, hairy, audacious goal. Big, hairy, audacious there you goal, go. yes. <laughs> from, from Jim Collins's book. And I love that, by the way. So What's the BHAG? The BHAG that we have right now as an organization is to partner with 500 companies, serving them using high-touch ethical approach to SEO and growing Very the cool. revenues in the digital market. Right now, where is SEO Hacker? We're partnered with around 60. So 500 is mm -hmm. a North Star, right? It's going to take, yeah. 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 We are almost a one is to one in terms of manpower and client. And okay. being here in the Philippines, a lot of people do raise eyebrows like, John, what are you doing? Are you like one is to one? It shouldn't be that way. But if you're doing SEO right, like you're doing a white hat approach, yeah. it's kind of the only way, right? So I have a lot of manpower to yeah. make sure that we rank our yeah. clients on the first page. And that's what we guarantee. That's what we do. That's what SEO Hacker is known for. If you search SEO Philippines right now on Google, we're actually number one. We've been number one for a very long yeah, time. Yeah, I saw that. There you go. So one is to one. Why am I sharing that with you? Because it means if we do partner with 500 different companies, I'm going to have like 500 yeah, people in my manpower. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. Plus infrastructure. Plus infrastructure. We are planning for our first building that is owned by SEO Hacker. Hopefully in three years, it's cool. going to be done. Some real estate there. There you go. And more or less, it could only house 150 people. Like, where am I going to get the next 350? I don't know. That's why it's a big, hairy, audacious go. Uh, but there you are. I love That's that. what we got. <laughs> That's good. And here, I do want to just jump in because I do think this is many entrepreneurs, you know, they're coming at, running a business from their level of expertise usually marketing is very i notice that tends to not be where most entrepreneurs but you and i both are um marketings and you're you know having gone through some of your seo i haven't touched it in gazillion years but so often the approach and what people think is good seo are these race to the bottom approaches as you said you know almost like how many clients can you stuff in? It's like, yeah, you can get a good understanding of where you exist in the SEO, you know, for your opportunity, but it takes work and it, you know, it is a blending of science and art. Yeah. You know, prayer and sweat is yeah. what I say a lot of times, <laughs> you know, for good SEO. It's like, if you really want to, you need time. Yeah. You need value. Yeah. You need to create value in the process. And that's not, done by someone who's working 20 yeah. clients just no thought you can't bring that thought together so yeah. that is 
that is a big distinction. You know, everyone out there, if you're listening to how Sean's team is approaching it, yes, if you're looking for the cheapest price or you're seeing, well, it's only 250 here, <laughs> you know, as I used to oh tell clients, gosh. it's like, well, good for you. You know, you like my pitch, but you like their price, you know, go. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you're looking, go talk with Sean about that because, or Sean's team, since he's building his systems now. Thank you. Really, that is an approach that will bring you value. Sorry, I just wanted to add that little, that is not a paid endorsement. That is just, I am impressed and I like that approach as an ex-SEO who had an SEO shop. And you know, that is the approach that you create value in the space. Appreciate this. Not by stuffing clients into one person. So Thank you so much, AJ. Cool. Hey, now that I just endorsed you, without, <laughs> why don't we tell? Would you tell the audience how best to find you? You know when? You know what they should do? You know you have so many cool things going on. So tell them, please. With SEO, SEO leadership stack, yeah, you know, everything. Where? You know, okay, so or the things you think they should come and talk to you about. So here's the thing: we are the the number one SEO company here in the country. And that's because we do rank literally number one for SEO Philippines, SEO services, Philippines, SEO agency, SEO company, right? All these keywords, we dominate them. Mm -hmm. And we, when you look at our portfolio, we handle top 50 companies here in the country as well. But what people don't realize is we're not just good at SEO. The secret to my mm -hmm. success is I invest so much in leadership development for my people, right? You might not be able to add that like one plus one because leadership, SEO, like what does that have to do with each other? But leadership is so powerful that in any organization, if you have more leaders, I mean real leaders, leaders who want to serve, not leaders who want to hold titles or positions. If you have leaders, real leaders who want to serve, you're going to be a juggernaut, a powerhouse, unstoppable. Yeah. And if you're really good at what you're doing, or if you're the best at what you're doing, you're you're just like, it's a no brainer. SEO Hacker, when you look at our price, you look at our competitor's price, we're like two to three times more expensive. And yet companies would go with SEO Hacker. Why is that? It's not just because we rank number one, it's also because of the culture we built. Transparency, accountability, yeah. respect for work, being a challenger, going the extra mile, having grit, all of these things, unity, saying no to gossip, saying no to sanctioned incompetence, saying no to unresolved conflict, saying no to different visions between team members. Radical right? transparency. Yeah. There you go. So protecting the integrity. In fact, earlier today, we had our team representatives meeting. We played a game, the John Maxwell leadership game. And one of the things, mm -hmm. one of the questions that was asked there is, what is, what are some things that we do really well as a team? You know, the first answer is my web success auditor said this and she said it's being so intentional about our culture and it, it's amazing how we are so intentional about our culture because other companies don't care right they're just like mm -hmm. let it run amok and that's fine right but in seo hacker we are so intentional we protect it we guard it and we're so deliberate about making sure people follow or fit in or influence it and impact it in a positive way a lot of companies don't think about this, but if you want to know the secret sauce behind SEO Hacker, it's not because we're really, really good with Google's guidelines. Anyone can be really good in Google's guidelines, right? Just read and even, it. And you don't always have to follow them because they say one thing and then the results there you go. actually usually are the opposite of what they say. So, yeah. But yeah. OG SEOs would know, right? And it's hey, the I remember sauce. when it was keyword stuffing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's come a long, long way. It's then. come a long way, super long way. Yeah, so it's not about how good we are in SEO. It's about the leadership development we have in our team. I always say we are actually a leadership academy. We just happen to do SEO really well. Well, you know what? I'm going to, I would love to have you come back on the show. We're, we're developing, we're a sort of a new style. I'm going to have a group of entrepreneurs talking about different topics. And let's, because I would love to geek out on some SEO and some sort of maybe yeah. have sort of a marketing thing. But I think also just, you know, how you are developing your team and that leadership approach, because, you know, I've seen in this opportunity to talk with other entrepreneurs, 
what I'm seeing, and then, you know, I don't want to say it's secret sauce because it's you know, treating your employees well. Ooh, that's secret. But companies that make that sort of part of the mission and priority and not just say it, but actually reinforce and put the time and the effort and the consistency into it. We've had quite a few, yourself included, who are seeing what I'm going to call above average returns from that effort. You know, so I think that could be really good to maybe bring them back and talk with a couple of entrepreneurs who are, there's a great term I've heard from another, you know, it's employee first type of company. Mm. You know, not that you defined it that way. This was another definition, but it is that effort to put your employees' capabilities, the people who are delivering the value for your customers, your clients, your audience, you know, put their develop their needs and then kind of go out it's you know it's like wow there yeah maybe that's an extra five percent maybe that's even more yeah you know, to your you know as you know an seo you know it's like i'm always thinking what's the incremental you know yeah can we get another one percent can we get another half yeah. percent okay i love that so yeah it's seo-hacker.com correct yep that's it so yeah we'll make sure it's on the show notes everything and yeah i mean you guys you know he's talking about once again, for, to the audience, Sean's talking about, you know, being ranking for the Philippines. And this is one thing also is because there is so much SEO talent in the Philippines, it does tend to be one of the more competitive markets to rank for. But yeah. your client base is global, correct? Yeah, global. That's right. Yeah. Right now we're doing work for Vietnam, um, US, Australia. Yeah, a lot of places, actually. Majority of my clients are from the Philippines, though, because the, the market is catching up here. Yeah, I know a lot of people are starting to put more, not just, you know, the typical thing was back offices, but I think the talent, you know, over the past five, 10 years, and then definitely now with COVID and the realization that you can have your, you know, your entire talent base can be virtual, not just parts of it. I have seen some really big step ups in sort of, I don't want to call it management talent, um, but almost more the strategic capabilities of talent out of the Philippines. I know some yeah. great you know, Philippine entrepreneurs, some great Philippine operators, et cetera. And it's like, you know, we're starting to see that in not just the Philippines, but Eastern Europe, South Africa, where it's like, well, yeah, I can do the work. Yeah. So it's pretty impressive. So cool. Sean, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was it was great. So much you know, to take away from this. So thank you. Thank you for having me, AJ. It's a pleasure and a privilege to serve you and your audience and to add value to you guys. I hope I did add value to you guys. Oh, huge. Yeah. I would love to come back if you would have me again. No, I would love to. All right. Thank you. All right. This episode of Beyond Eight Figures is over, but your journey as an entrepreneur continues. So if we can help you with anything, please just let us know. And if you like this episode, please share it with someone who might learn from it. Until next time, keep growing and find the joy in your journey. This is AJ, and I'll be talking to you soon. Bye-bye.